Welcome back. Thanks for being here. This is What's the Story? Part 2 with Angel Figueroa and the iLead Charter School here in Reading. It is the first brick-and-mortar charter school in Reading, Pennsylvania, and hopefully it'll be the first of many across the country after having visited the school. A lot of good is being done there. We left Part 1 at Accountability Angel, and, and you said... If you get to come into Eiley Charter, you were at risk. You were maybe dropped out or about to. So there's a second chance, but it's not a free ticket. What do you mean by that? Well, every single learner that comes into our school, they're coming in by choice. It's either their parents saying, I'm pulling you out of this system, and I'm going to put you here, and these are the reasons why. Um, and then we have a vast majority of learners that are saying, I just simply want a smaller environment. I simply i am not learning at the rate that, I'm, that I should be learning at. When, when, when they come into our school, there's a very in-depth interview process. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not like if you're just coming in, showing up, signing up, and going into the building. Uh, every single student goes through a one-hour interview process where they have to sign our code of conduct at the school, our <laughs> core values. So now you're you're basically buying into the culture of the school. We have a pledge system where we speak to our students understanding the truth, integrity, responsibility, uh, accountability. Um, you're building character. Absolutely. We are building character. And it's, it's, it's important for us to shift that paradigm on what students think that's good sh- that school should be like. You know, we go above and beyond and trying to, apart from put it, infusing the academics, but we also focus on the real interpersonal aspects of learning at our school. That's, I think, where the flavor of a private school comes in because of the demands made on the student, uh, the respect demanded from students, and you have a zero-tolerance policy. We do. We do. We have a zero-tolerance as it relates to violence. If there's an altercation in, in our school, you know, basically the, the, the student understands that they're exiting out. Um, just last year, we had two students that the one, you know, almost got into an altercation with the other, and the other one did not attack back because he said, look, this is about my life. I want to stay here because <laughs> he knew what the consequence was, and these consequences are told very explicitly. Now, mind you, they have rights. Um, they go through a due process, but every single learner understands that they have to come in wearing uniforms at our school. They have to come in on time. They have to – attendance is critical for their learning. Um, and you know, these are inner city teenager kids that they get it. And, um, now the, the, the other challenge that is how do we infuse that same culture seven days a week, right? I can't control what happens beyond my doors. Um, and, and that's sort of the hope. There's a whole host of issues that go on beyond the doors in any individual's life, but you put that accountability, that ownership, right in the hands of the students, uh, there's a student review board. There is. There is. There's our student uh, governance board that serve as the judge and jury. Um, If and when a learner violates a code of conduct at the school, um, one or two things could happen. One, they could actually go in front of this student uh, jury body where Mm -hmm. they're being judged by their peers. And it's amazing on how these students will debate about this learner. Some will say, well, let's give him a third chance. Others will say, absolutely not. This is, this is our school uh, culture. So it's fascinating Positive to watch peer that. pressure. You've reversed the peer pressure, which absolutely. can so often be negative, and made it a positive and put it in their hands. Again, it, it goes back to my opening remarks. This is about ownership. Yes. You have to own 
this. You have to own education. And parents, too, have to be held accountable. You know, we tell our parents, listen, I'm not here to raise your child. I'm here to be that pathway for academic excellence. We expect of you to give us five hours a month of service at our school. And if you don't give us that service, you're going to receive a letter from Mr. Figueroa pretty soon saying, why haven't you been at the school? Um, so it's, it's really a holistic approach as it relates to education. And, uh, you know, the hope is to, yes, replicate, but we got to get Reading right first. Sound good? So we've got the paradigm, we've got the students, we've got the parents, we've got the curriculum, we've got the academics and ownership and accountability. What could be wrong? Well, Why think, is there yeah. a controversy I, with Eileen? Look, this is a good. This is a good thing. I think it's important to, to let's let's talk about the elephant in the room here. Yeah, right? let's talk about what's funding. The problem? I think I think that oftentimes, look, I don't control how Harrisburg uh, makes its legislative decision on distributing funding. Mm-hmm. I, I I don't you know as a voter, do I have some say so in that? Perhaps. Um, you know, th- the rhetoric is that you know charter schools are are stifling dollars from the public education. Well, how are, let's go back to ground zero. How are you funded? So we are funded just the same way that the Rangers School District is funded, a per-pupil allocation. Okay? Do the students and families have to come up with any money to attend your school? Not at all. We're a public school. Okay. It's, it's Again, it's, it's being funded by taxpayers. So our funding does come through Pennsylvania Department of Education, through the Reading School District. The Reading School District holds us accountable, making sure that, you know, when we submit a name of a learner, that that learner's in our building. Um, and if that learner decides to drop, that we put them back on the rolls of the Reading School District. The same is true. We have some students from Wilson. We have some students from Exeter. We have some students from um, Governor Mifflin. So, you know, the, the, the financial aspect of this is, in my opinion, the most the most minimal debate that we should be having you know when you but look is at, it a bigger one it, it's a very big one to some okay okay but when you reverse this the fact that again i didn't build an elementary charter school i'm going after a population of learners that were being put to the wayside okay i'm going after a population of learners that if i didn't exist a big majority of these learners will wind up in the juvenile justice system costing taxpayers five times more the amount of money. So, you know, while we're unique in that aspect, what we tell, you know, the, the, the rhetoric that's out there, look, you know, the, the dollar amount, you can't put a dollar amount as it relates to our kids. If you want to, let's go there. Every kid that comes into my school, we get a per-pupil allocation of $6,800 per year. Is that the same allocation for that student in the the public school system, the Reading School District? It would be. Same amount of money. If it's in Reading, yes. If it's in Wilson, you know, that student will get a higher per pupil allocation. That's a whole nother. So you're not getting more or less than from where the student would be attending. So it's... Is it costing taxpayers any more or less money for these students to be in your school? I would say no. I would say no. And the fact that, um, you know, when we started the charter school, we started the charter school at the worst time that you could start a charter school. Why? The state had cut every single dollar for starting up charter schools. It's a testament to iLead, Inc., and our commitment of doing what's right and servicing a population of learners that that I feel that morally we have an obligation to serve because um, it's hard. 
It's really hard. So this $6,800, we'll stick with Reading School District. That's where the majority of the students are. Is that enough, Angel, to educate your group of students? I think you have 500 now or somewhere. We, we have 500 students. Is that enough or do you get funding elsewhere? Joe, to answer your question directly, the answer is no. It's not enough. Um, you have great pioneers in our country like Jeffrey Canada from the Harlem Children's Zone who puts roughly between twenty dollars to $25,000 of an investment per kid. <laughs> Same population, poverty, homelessness. It's never enough. And, and so – and it's not fair to say that we as an organization should fix this on our own. It's a community-wide effort. So I think that, you know, while at iLead, we have a commitment now that we have our own building, um, we are able to possibly redirect some of those dollars that we would have saved and renting right into the uh, educational state of our students. And keep in mind, our teachers, our learning facilitators are so committed. Our administration Mm -hmm. is so committed um, and doing what's right. You know, you don't do this as a non-for-profit thinking that you're going to, you know, you're going to be making a gazillion dollars. We are a non-for-profit organization. So that's sort of the other, we, we are not a for-profit charter school. I don't support for-profit charter schools. I do not support that. Okay. Um, you know, we're a non-for-profit entity and every dollar comes in, goes right into the, the way of teaching our kids. So the challenges are monumental Huge. just for the, the, uh, segment of the population that you chose to make a charter school for. What other misconceptions are out there regarding ILEAD Charter that make, make it more difficult to, so, to function? So I'll give you another. This, uh, a couple of days ago, there was an article about the, the state scores of schools, the school profile scores. And ILEAD rank at about 33.4%, um, perhaps the lowest in the county. And, and some will say, you see – you know, here they are taking money away, but they're not showing performance. That is not a true statement. That is not what's a true wrong statement. with that statement. Fix what's, it. What's what's wrong with that statement is that they're not looking at the whole picture. You know, you're not. You can't possibly compare. You know, us with the Reading School District or us with with Wilson School District. It's not an apples to apples comparison. Number two, we've only been open for three years. Okay. If you went to the Reading School District or Wilson or any other district and you just pulled out the segment of the population that was struggling and rated just that segment rather than having the luxury of the rest of the student body to balance out those numbers, would it be more equal? It, it, you know, in, in our case, it would not in the sense that we're dealing with a population of learners, mm-hmm. okay, that when they come into our school, you have to take this Keystone exam based on that high school transcript. Okay. It doesn't give us an opportunity to really assess them internally at that point. So regardless, if a learner comes in saying that, hey, on my transcript, I passed algebra. They're, they're lined up to take the algebra Keystone exam. Knowing that they don't comprehend algebra, you know the score that you're going to get. You could basically bank that that student is going to fail. So we have a big majority of students that are falling into that category, hence the score that we receive with the school profile performance. Um, Can you get that score afterwards? For example, once they've gone through, you have some graduates, I think, that are college attendees. There's no way to uh, balance that. Not at all. Okay. (laughs) No, there's, you know, once they're in our building, we have to own it. Um, And it's tough. Uh, This is not a walk in the park. 
Um, so as you said earlier, you know, just can anyone start a charter school? The answer is yes. Um, however, it's it, this is extremely hard. And the fact that we are the first bricks and mortar charter school, we set a very high standard, right. extremely right. high standard. Um, what other, what other misconceptions, if there are, are out there that you have to battle that are just tough on top of everything else you're doing? You know, it's interesting you ask that question because, it, you know, the only sort of emotional debate mm-hmm. that, quite frankly, and I, I don't entertain is the debate of, well, you're a charter school, you're taking money away from the system. Well, I, quite frankly, I didn't have to exist if you know, other schools were doing very well. Keep in mind, I'm a big fan of public education. I went through public schools, um, you know, but, but we cannot pretend that in our country, urban education is up to par with suburban education. That is, that is not a true statement. Okay. So, so if, if anyone wants to entertain this debate, I I tell them, come to our school, Mm -hmm. walk in my shoes for one day. Okay. And, and let's, Try to find solutions to fix America's educational system rather than just looking at it from one point of view. Um, and it's very rare that people will take me up on my offer. It sounds like iLead Charter is looking for that solution and possibly relieving some of the burden of at-risk students from a, a general population and saying, we'll work with this group of students. Absolutely. And we've said it very loudly that you, we, we would love to be sort of the learning lab of innovation for every single school in this county. The fact that we will not exceed our population to go beyond 700. We have small classrooms. Um, we would want other educators to come in. I challenge them to come in and, and, and let us roll out a pilot program to fix this. Because if we continue to ignore it, Joe, if we could continue to ignore it, we're doing a huge disservice to our kids in our country. Never a problem, only a solution. And you have uh, dedicated your life and your passion to finding a solution for this issue. And I thank you for that. Can we share at this point that how do we contact you or iLead Charter to learn more? So they could visit our website at mm-hmm. www.i-leadusa.org. Or they could just stop by the school. It's at 401 Penn Street. It's your school, Joe. It's everyone's school. I, I tell people, listen, come and see it. Just you know, walk in. If, if I'm there, great. Um, if you would like to visit, if you would like to really understand what we're doing as an organization, come and check us out. Just come and see it. I took him up on the offer and I was wowed. I invite you to do the same. And, and I think you'll have a different view and possibly maybe contribute to the solution that you are starting with I Lead Charter. Angel Figueroa, thank you very much thank for your you time. Thank you so much. Thank you, Joe. You're welcome. This is What's the Story on ThePeopleChronicles.com.